welcome to the Nittany Blues Podcast. By Penn State fans, for Penn State fans. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Vince. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Nittany Blues Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, joined as always by my co-host, Vince, and Penn State is fresh off of a 63-point shutout over the UMass Minutemen on homecoming weekend. So uh, the stage is set for Penn State's next slate of games, starting, of course, with their road trip to Columbus to take on Ohio State. But first, let's recap this one. So, Vince, what were some of your thoughts and takeaways on this romp over UMass? Yeah, the uh, Minutemen really lived up to their mascot. They uh, they gave up a point per minute of the game, you know, 63 <laughs> points in 60 minutes. So uh, yeah. averaging okay. uh, 1.05 points a minute. So uh, they definitely lived up to that. So uh, that was good. But, you know, Penn State was just doing exactly what you would expect them to do against a really inferior opponent, especially to the level of UMass um, with the weather. Uh, they're an explosive play offense, so I thought that would hurt them, and it did. UMass really struggled to to move the ball, and my communion prediction actually actually came true. Uh, they didn't get 100 yards passing or rushing. They actually barely made it over 100 yards, period. So another stellar job by the defense, and it's been uh, 10 quarters that uh, the defense has not given up a point in Beaver Stadium, so that's something to be – uh, really proud of. Uh, they did really well. Pass rush was everywhere, uh, just suffocating the Minutemen. So they did a really good job. And then offensively, you know, they did what they should have done. Uh, they did a pretty good job taking care of the football. There were a couple turnovers today, uh, one on special teams and uh, Trey Wallace fumbling uh, a reception. So um, for the most part, you know, pretty, pretty smooth game. Riley Thompson only punted one time and it was just one of those things, just, you know, big people, fast people beating up like little people. So uh, they, they did did what they were supposed to do and got out of there with W. Um, not a lot of plays. Uh, the Minutemen actually had more plays today. They had 62 to Penn State 60. So the fact that Penn State only had to, um, you know, go against 62 snaps on defense and the offense only probably had to take around 45 snaps. I think that's going to give them some fresh legs heading into Ohio State. And I do think Ohio State, uh, I didn't check their game, but they probably got to rest their players as well since they beat Purdue 41-7. to So I imagine they were able to rest some guys. So, um, But Penn State did what they needed to do to not be fatigued heading into this big matchup. And we just had the bye the week before, so we should have some pretty fresh legs uh, heading to Columbus for um, a noon kickoff on game day. Yeah, uh, all great points. I I think the way that I would sum up this performance is that it was workmanlike. You know, it wasn't it wasn't flashy. Like there weren't moments of high drama. Penn State just came out, did their job, and got out with a W very uh, comfortably. Everybody is healthy. Um, you know who was healthy going into the game. So that's all you can really ask for. And I think it was. Um, encouraging though to see Penn State not experience any kind of like sluggishness or just kind of like sleepwalkiness after the bye which we've seen Penn State do uh sometimes in years past so just really looked like they came out focused um you know they stayed true to like what they were uh trying to do all year long which was really establish that run game um and you know a little fun fact out of this one so the uh player who owns the longest run uh, for Penn State on the season now belongs to Tank Smith with a long run of 39 yards. So our boy Tank is uh, putting himself out there. Tank. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you can really ask for much more like from this team and this game. I mean, defense continues to look awesome. Um, the defensive line especially was suffocating. I mean, Adisa Isaac got two and a half sacks. Chop got two. Deny Dennis Sutton recorded half a sack. I mean, so everybody was getting involved there. So that's really cool to see. So I guess the question that I have for you, and I mean, I know we're kind of jumping the gun here a little bit. Would you say that after this game, are you more confident, less confident, or around the same level 
of confidence with Penn State going to Ohio State next week? I would say uh, maybe slightly more. Uh, overall, I, I'm pretty confident heading into next week. I think it's going to be one of those uh, kind of things where it's going to be maybe a shootout. Uh, I think Penn State really needs to get off to a hot start. They can't afford to be sluggish, especially when you are going against the caliber of opponent of an Ohio State. And I think I think to start the game, our defense is going to do a pretty good job in that first quarter limiting Ohio State's points but eventually i think ohio state's gonna you know make halftime adjustments and they're gonna figure things out and how to dissect the you know the small openings of the penn state defense uh you know it's obviously you can watch film and everything but you know game day's different and with the game plan they bring for that week so i think uh, our defense is going to do a good job early but eventually you know their playmakers are going to make plays so i think it's up to uh drew and company to do a nice job in the passing game move the chains, get points up early, get the run game run game established. And if we can do those things, I think we can come out of Columbus with a W. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of it too is going to depend on the defensive line and that rush getting home because, you know, we've seen moments in games past. And I mean, granted, like they weren't in like high intensity, high pressure moments uh, with some of these situations, but they, you know, do an all out blitz, the rush doesn't get there. And then the quarterback is able to scramble out and like convert like a third and 15 or something like that. Like uh, this, this rush needs to get home against Kyle McCord because uh, you can only contain that trio of receivers for so long uh, before, you know, they're going to get separation against our guys. I mean, we trust him. We believe in our guys, but like those guys are just so good that they're going to find their opportunities. And so we got to do our best to, you know, kind of limit, uh, McCord's ability to like stay in the pocket, be comfortable and like survey the field and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting early on to see like how the energy of the game and the matchup and the opponent kind of feeds into that a little bit, because I mean, we've seen it in years past, like Penn state just takes it to a different level, um, in intensity wise, like when they're playing Ohio state. So, um, you know, I, will bet you like chop and Adisa are going to be, uh, uh, licking their chops, no pun intended to, you know, kind of like get to the quarterback early and often. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I mean, in this game, um, especially, you know, one thing that was like super exciting to see uh, was kind of the, the splash plays on special teams. Uh, Daquan Hardy just having himself like a little bit of a coming out party. So um, you might know this a little bit better than I do. So correct me if I'm wrong. But is this the first game where we've seen Hardy as like the primary punt returner? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you haven't seen uh, Daquan taking uh, any punt returns. That's been a uh, Caden Saunders job. <clears throat> I think it was good that Penn State was mixing it up, though, because there were a few kind of, uh, <clears throat> you know, fumbles of the ball, which thankfully we, we recovered. Uh, but I think at that position, it just it doesn't hurt to throw somebody in there against um, an opponent like UMass, especially if you've seen them do well in practice and just want to try it out in the game. And man, he, he looked good, uh, had a school record two punt returns for a touchdown. Um, you know, just getting the things rolling early and, uh, keeping the, keeping the offense fresh. Uh, I think that's important too. We talk about defensive snaps all the time, but the fact that, um, you know, they were able to stay off the field, I think is beneficial for, uh, you know, heading into Columbus next week. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it, I think this is an interesting question and kind of a good problem, uh, to have for Penn state because, you have two guys that you trust at that position. Like Caden has taken the majority of these snaps, but now we've seen um, Daquan come in and do like literally historic things, uh, albeit against a relatively weaker opponent. So if you were Franklin and the special teams uh, coaching staff moving forward, would you put Hardy uh, more so in like this primary returning role um, because of like him being the hot hand? I think that's tough to say. I would, I would say, trust what you see in practice. Um, you know, Saunders had a good day today too. He had his best return of uh 20 something yards as well. So it's not like he was, you know, some slup out there. Uh, he did a really good job as well. Um, it was just a good day on special teams overall. I mean, kicking was good. Um, you know, Gabe Nuosu and Falcons and Saunders heck were, you know, all money today. So they did a really good job. And, that was promising to see because special teams has been almost a, 
an area where we've been trying to see some things. Yeah. So I don't think you can go wrong either way, especially since you have seen Saunders, you know, have a hard time tracking the ball at times. So if you, if you like Daquan in that role, I say go for it. But uh, you know, if uh, you see Franklin putting Caden Saunders out there, I'm not going to, you know, grill him for it. Yeah, no, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I mean, uh, I, I think that, you know, if you give him enough daylight, obviously Hardy has shown you that he's got like enough wiggle to kind of squeeze by like some of those, uh, some of those gunners. Um, and, uh, so I think that, uh, present some like interesting opportunities, especially against some of these like tougher opponents, uh, where they're like so shorthanded on special teams. Um, so it could give you kind of that slight edge that, you know, could mean the difference between winning and losing. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think, I think, uh, they're gonna have a great week of preparation. Uh, Ohio state is, you know, the game where we always seem to get up for, Michigan, that doesn't seem to be the case, but Ohio State, you know, it's a, you know, a border war. It's personal, um, no matter what. So I'm really excited. But the question, you know, is can we see Penn State look like a championship caliber team on the road? That hasn't mm-hmm. been the case this year. Uh, every game at home, they have been lights out. There were no, you know, let ups like a couple years ago where you know Illinois is able to get out of there with a win and nine overtimes. Uh, they've been lights out. And I, I think you'd be hard pressed for any team, you know, in the country to get a win in Beaver stadium uh, with how they're playing at home. And uh, the defense has traveled for the most part pretty well, but that offense is uh, where we need to get things, you know, really kicking off and uh, getting off to a good start. And I think it might not be a, a bad idea to have uh, the defense out there and to, to defer if they win the coin toss just because, you know, the offense has been sluggish and the defense has gone off to good start. So I think it's good that we have the defense out there to, you know, set the tone and, and take it to the Buckeyes. Yeah, no doubt. Cause I mean, we've seen them just come out of the gates firing. So if, you know, if that's like what we need to do to um, kind of counter what's going to be a raucous crowd in, uh, in the shoe, like I'm, I'm all for it too. So yeah, I'm totally on team defer here. Yeah. So, uh, what, what were some other things that you saw that you liked today? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, just, uh, drew being, you know, smart with, uh, his decision-making, uh, came out of the game with, uh, three passing touchdowns still, uh, no interceptions. I mean, that's obviously good to see, um, even like with some of the, rainy weather you know the ball like wasn't like slipping out of uh the uh, receiver's hands and stuff like that or at least like in a way that it just like popped up for a defensive back to come flying in and snatch it so that was good to see um uh really cool to see theo johnson have kind of like his coming out party for this season we've kind of been waiting for him to um really explode back into the penn state offense a little bit this season um, really has kind of been the Tyler Warren show uh, for most of the season, which has been fine because Tyler's been awesome. But we knew that Theo was like insanely talented as well. And we wanted to make sure that he got his touches and, uh, you know, came out of there with with two touchdowns. So that was neat to see, including a very acrobatic uh, somersault in the air uh, for one of those touchdowns. <laughs> a like scary. Maybe, yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, probably wouldn't advise doing that uh, too often. But yeah, I mean, like. This game, this game was great in the fact that like Penn State won like so overwhelmingly, uh, but it was also like like unnoteworthy because of like the opponent and the fact that Penn State has such a like momentous matchup coming next weekend that this really just kind of felt like like a dress rehearsal of sorts. And so it was just kind of like a situation where it's like, all right, like we've had two weeks of rest now, like let's flex our muscles a little bit before we, you know take off and sprint sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, the pre-meet for the, for the big one or a, a tune up. So I think things are clicking on all cylinders, but they need to find a way to translate what they've been doing at home to on the road because yeah, you're an athlete. You, you like your routine and, and everything. You go to somewhere new. It's, it's a little different that throws you out of your rhythm, but you know, that's what the best of the best do. They, they, 
they go go on the road and they find ways to win. So that's what I'm looking for us to do. Find a way to win. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so um, you got anything else here or do you want to do some players of the game? Yeah, I think I think it was a pretty cut and dry. Not too much to talk about game. Uh, let's move on to players of the game. So uh, who do you got for your bird brawler? Yeah, so uh, appreciate you giving me the uh, first crack here, Vince. Uh, very generous yeah. of you. Uh, so I'm going to go with the guy that we've already talked about here, and it's Daquan Hardy. Uh, two punt returns for touchdowns. Um, that's impressive no matter who the opponent is. I mean, so like showed some serious wiggle, um, great skills to just kind of find those creases and make the most of his opportunities. Uh, I think it, it really is like a spark that the special teams unit needed at this point because special teams has been kind of vanilla, like up to this point, it's like, you know, we've been making like the makeable field goals and like punting has been like, okay. And stuff like that. Nothing, nothing really doing on like returns. Um, but this, this was like the splash. So uh, super noteworthy. He's going to, it's, he's in the history books now, um, for Penn state football. So he gets the bird brawler this week. Yeah, absolutely. You set a school record. You have to earn that award and, uh, no one can blame you, uh, for my Fidali fighter, a lot of good candidates here, uh, chop Robinson and Adisa Isaac doing a really good job on the pass rush. Um, you know, you, anyone on the defense, pretty much they, they, uh, they balled out today, but I have to go with, Theo Johnson. He caught four of his five targets, 66 yards, led the team, had two two crucial touchdowns. Um, so I thought that was great. So he earns the Fidelity Fighter Award. Nice. Very good. Yep. Coming out party for Mr. Johnson. So tight end you just uh, flexing its muscles a little bit in this game. So that was awesome to see. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, did you watch any other football this weekend? Any other games catch your eye? Dude great weekend of college football um some of it we didn't even get to see because it happened so late at night uh i mean the weekend got started off with craziness with colorado blowing a 29 to nothing lead (laughs) to stanford like just talk about insanity because i i went to bed with the score at the half and i was like all right like this is done no no (laughs) chance like this is you know this is a done deal and then I got woken up by my dog um, very early in the morning and I just looked at my phone kind of instinctively and I saw the ESPN alert that Stanford had come all the way back and won and I was like blown away. So I immediately like turned on the highlights and stuff and that one receiver from Stanford is just an absolute dude like giving off Jackson Smith and Jigba vibes like just an absolute monster game had that one sick catch like behind Travis Hunter's helmet like that's the kind of stuff that you see like Odell Beckham Jr. doing in his prime. Like it, that was that was nuts. So um, that was obviously one um, we got to. Uh, well, we didn't get to like see it uh, too much because it happened at the same time. But I mean, Oregon and Washington, like top 10 showdown game day, huge, huge game. Uh, Heisman contenders. Uh, Washington came out of that one, um, you know, late in the game and stuff like that. And uh, I think, you know, the the kind of rounding out the podium here has to be Notre Dame just like taking USC to the woodshed man like yeah. I I I felt kind of good about Notre Dame's chances in that one because I I believed more in their defense than USC's non-existent one and I knew that Notre Dame like could at least you know somewhat consistently run the ball so I was like oh they can like maybe keep Caleb Williams like on the sideline like long enough and whatnot but I didn't expect Caleb Williams to throw multiple picks in a single game so you know, definitely wasn't uh, like a quiet weekend in college football. Yeah, that Notre Dame game definitely uh, caught my eye. I knew Washington, Oregon, two really high quality programs. I knew that was going to be a close one uh, going down to the wire. Yeah, Notre Dame, I would how things were trending. They were looking like a team that was really tired. And man, they just came back to life versus USC. Now, maybe USC is not as good as they were. They were hyped up to be. That defense is uh, very suspect at best. Um, however, Notre Dame's offense hasn't been really clicking on all cylinders this year. So to see them put up 48 points, uh, it, still really impressive. So it was a good job by Sam Hartman and company. But at the end of the day, uh, it, it goes to turnovers. And they took care of the football, did a good job there. 
Uh, and really, you know, you got to give hats off to, the, to their defense because that USC offense is one of the best in the country. So to hold them to like, uh, what would they have, 20 points? Yep. Uh, yeah, that's a really high level performance. Um, heading down to some other ranked matchups, uh, UNC is still looking pretty good. They beat Miami 41 31. So, uh, you, you'll likely see the Canes drop out of the rankings. Oregon State, they're trying to make that run for to be a Big Ten team, maybe. You know, they're, they're looking good. They beat UCLA at home 36 to uh, 24. Mizzou, the Tigers, they might be for real. The show me state, they, they showed up today. You had a 38 to 21 win over ranked Kentucky. Uh, LSU looked good at home. Duke looked good at home. And interestingly enough, I, I, I called it last pod. We had Pitt upset number 14 Louisville. I, I, to- I told you putting the starting quarterback at tight end would work. Did I not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you totally did. Yeah. Like, like a mad scientist. You're like, Ooh, here's the perfect solution. Have him start for five weeks, then move him to tight end. But yeah, I mean, Vince, um, can we just talk about the elephant in the room here? Uh, Pat Narduzzi put a Penn state, former Penn state quarterback in at the starting spot. And then they have a, an upset over a ranked team. I mean, coincidence, I think not. Yeah, absolutely. We we've seen Christian Bayou play. We've seen flashes of his potential and he played well today. Um, but overall, you know, it goes back to turnovers. <laughs> like I can't say it enough. Like if I, if you had a dollar for every, every time I said how important turnovers were, you would be uh, rich and who knows? We might not even be doing the podcast because we have all that money. Yeah. But um, but yeah, we we would probably still do it anyway. We love doing this. Um, but <laughs> if you look at total yards of offense, uh, Pitt only had 288 yards and Louisville had 444. The difference in the game was Louisville had three turnovers. Pitt had zero. So when you take care of the football, you know, good things happen. So, you know, another takeaway there. Another surprise in the the Pac-12, uh, Washington State just getting taken to the woodshed by Arizona. They lost 44 to six. Um, just something I, I don't think I don't think anyone saw coming. Um, you know, and maybe Washington State's making their case to not be in the Big Ten next year <laughs> with that performance. But uh, you know, Arizona, they're uh, you know they're a basketball school, but they're starting to you know string together some wins and some good competition. I tell you what, man, that game that they had against USC, like it must have given them like some some good juju because like they look pretty dang good. Fafita, like as young as he is, looks looks pretty good leading, um, you know, a high output offense right now. And they got some dudes on on defense as well. I mean, uh, former like five star guy, former Oregon guy, uh, Justin Flo, just to name one, like on the defense, like they got, they got some like serious talent out there. Um, you know, I think it's going to be very interesting. They take on Colorado. I don't know if it's, uh, this next week or it, they take them on at some point in this season. I think that'll actually be a very good matchup. Yeah, I think so too. It'll be a lot of points. So looking forward to that one. Uh, number 19, Tennessee held on against Texas A&M. They've been a lot better this year. Uh, Tennessee held on 20 to 13 on home, uh, Oklahoma state upset number 23, Kansas 39 to 32. So that big 12, uh, up and down, uh, the Utes, they beat Cal handily 34, 14, Ohio state took it, took it to the Boilermakers 41 to seven Florida state looking like a playoff contender. They beat Syracuse 41 to three Michigan, same thing beating Indiana 52 to seven, the dogs, taking down Vandy 37 to 20 and surprisingly Alabama only beating Arkansas by field goal at home, uh, 24 to 21 Arkansas, uh, the Razorbacks only have two wins on the seasons. What are your, what are your thoughts on Alabama? Where do you see them in this college football race? I don't know, man. They, they got to make a big splash. Um, because right now they are not passing the eye test. Um, I think that, you know, they, they really got to win their remaining games, obviously, um, they need, they definitely need to beat, uh, LSU. They got, they got to get to the sec championship game and they got to beat Georgia is the way that I look at this because, um, you know, right now, like the luster just isn't around Alabama in the way that it used to be. Um, I think, I think, I actually think Jalen Milrow is like doing a decent job, like 
masking like some of the you know kind of some of the struggles that maybe they're having offensively because i mean if you look at you know their performance against usf maybe there were some other uh, factors at play but for them to only like score that many points like this is alabama we're talking about so i um there's still a lot of football left to be played um the road is definitely uphill for them uh right now so you know i mean we've seen saban like do many many things in his career so nothing's really out of the realm of possibility but like right now like they're you know they're kind of on the outside looking in yeah but they seem to do what winners do they find a way to win these close games uh but it hasn't been like the past where you've just seen Alabama steamroll people. So they get everybody's best shot every single week just because they're Alabama. And I think you could say the same goes for like Ohio state and Michigan, Penn state. Uh, you're pretty much getting everyone's best shot every week. Like they, everyone has that game circled on their calendar in the sec. So um, they're getting everyone's best shot. And I think it's, it's really showing now. Will, will they be able to hold on and make it to the, the college football playoff and, and win the West division? Uh, time will tell, but um, let's move on to the rest of the big 10. Um, interesting little upset out West uh, without Cade McNamara, the Iowa Hawkeyes were still able to get uh, a nice win in camp Randall stadium over the Badgers. They won 15 to six. And right now they're uh, kind of running away with the big 10 West. So what are your thoughts on Iowa? Do you think we'll see them again, whether it's us, Ohio State, Michigan, in the Big Ten Championship? I mean, at this point, I, I have to say yes. Like, the West is just not that good. Um, mm-hmm. Iowa is proving to be, like, the most consistent out of all of them. I mean, they, they like, they suffocate you with great sound defense, and they just don't turn the ball over. Like, I think, I think we just like caught them, you know, in such a perfect way, just like with our game plan, um, just white out. Yeah. Like, obviously, I mean, like the white out atmosphere and stuff and like our defense got after the quarterback, like just shut everything down. Um, so, you know, I, I, at this point it's like, I, I think it's safe money to put it on, on Iowa. Yeah, I think so too. And just looking at their schedule here, uh, they really lucked out like, they only had us. They didn't have Michigan. They didn't get scheduled with Ohio State. So they lucked out there. They didn't get like Maryland, who's pretty solid. So like they got like all the, the worst, most of the worst teams in, in the Big Ten East. So they had us. That was tough. But then they got Michigan State. And then the remainder of their schedule is home against Minnesota. They have a bye. They're at Northwestern. Home against Rutgers home against the fight in Illini and then on the road at Nebraska. So not a bad schedule for, for the Hawkeyes. They could be 11 and one. Like by the time this regular season is over, they might like, they might have the same record as us. Like when the dust settles here and the fact that we blanked them in prime time is crazy. Yeah. Now I do think that the, the second matchup would be very different, you know, not being in Beaver stadium and, you know, when you play the same team twice over the course of a season, you figure out mistakes you made in the previous matchup and you make sure not to make those same mistakes again. So it would definitely be a, it's always tough to beat the same team twice. But um, yeah, I think that would be an interesting matchup to see um, other other areas of the Big Ten. We had a upset. The, the Terrapins were upset by the Illini at home. Illinois hung on for a 27 to 24 victory on a last second field goal. So that game was really exciting. Uh, Ohio State, we talked about Michigan State, tough loss on the road to Rutgers. They lost 24 to 27. And then, you know, we talked about Michigan steamrolling Indiana 52 to uh, 7 as well. So uh, what are your thoughts on uh, other areas of the Big Ten, uh, especially that Maryland game? Surprise. Definitely a surprise. Um, you know, I thought we saw like a kind of a, a rough and physical team in Maryland when they played Ohio State um you know barring like a couple of the uh turnovers and like mental errors and stuff like that like they were in that game with Ohio State for for a while um definitely looked like they would be a tough out for any team in the Big 10 uh it was like their homecoming weekend and stuff like that so um really surprising to see them lose the way that they did um so you know i, I think though um like Illinois 
could be better than what their record indicates, I guess, you know, is kind of maybe a takeaway I'd have for that. Um, but I also just know too, that like Maryland is not infallible, you know, like they, like they're, they're still kind of figuring things out. Um, they're going to make mistakes and they did in that game. And, uh, so, you know, unfortunately that just goes as like another, you know, another notch in the, in the loss column. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, hopefully when we play them, they're at that point in the season, maybe they'll be like, you know, six and three or five and four and, uh, they're not playing for as much and, you know, they'll look a little more down to earth and cause usually when you're playing Maryland in November, they're, uh, you know, they're a little demotivated, demotivated at that point in the season. So, uh, we'll see T- time will tell, um, any other football games you want to talk about before we get over to the round table? Nope. Yeah, I don't think so. Got nothing else. Yeah, so uh, it was recently announced that um, Penn State is going to be playing a game in Rec Hall for both men's and women's basketball. Um, for the men's, it's the February 21st game against the Illini. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Are you excited for the game in Rec Hall, or do you think they should all be in the BJC? No, dude. Yeah, I, games in, in Rec Hall are awesome. I only saw one as a student, but it it felt like, I mean, this is going to sound bad, but it, it felt more like real college basketball in there because it mm-hmm. was so intimate. Like the whole place was filled, um, which is tough to do in the BJC just because of it. It's just so large. Um, yeah like the, the student section was crazy. The fans were crazy and stuff like that. Unfortunately, Penn state lost that game. Uh, they were playing Princeton at the time. And that was back when Tim Frazier was still with Penn state mm-hmm. and they blew something like an 18, 19 point lead. In oh. that one. So that, that one stung. Um, Cause I also made a bet with a friend that Penn state was going to make the, uh, the NCAA tournament that year. Um, obviously mm-hmm. I was wrong on that and that definitely <laughs> didn't do me any favors in trying to win said bet, but yeah, it was, it was so cool. Um, just kind of felt like, you know, real traditional college basketball and that atmosphere and the energy. So, um, it's going to be a real treat for anybody who's able to go and see, uh, kind of the newest editions of this, this year. Yeah. I am looking forward to the energy just like acoustically, um, you kind of see that happen with the palestra where it's like everything's kind of straight up and and down to the court and kind of more close together. So you get more of that noise. And it it is tough uh, for Penn State to fill those tickets. Um, you know, the team was like ranked last year at, at times. And you had, uh, you know, Micah Shrewsbury doing a really good job. And, you know, now we got a new coach. No one knows if they're going to be good or not. We don't really know a lot of the players. So I think that's going to be uh, a good a good thing to do just to you know mix things up, get people excited, really pack the stadium so that it's loud and chaotic for the visiting team. And you know Illinois is a you know real good basketball school. We did beat them three times last year, and uh, you know we know they're going to be back and hungry for revenge after us beating them three times. So I think that's a good game to uh, to make for the Palestra. Yeah, that'll, the only- be, that'll be awesome. The only thing I, I am concerned about is I have season tickets and like, I know where I sit every single week. So I, I am curious what they're going to do with the, the season ticket holders. Like, where am I going to sit? But other than that, you know, question. yeah, huh? Yeah. Not sure what their, their, their plan is for that one. But like, I'm going to be like really annoyed that I have like a front row seat where I sit in the BJC but then I'll be like really far away or like not have a great view or something like that would be kind of annoying. Valid concern. But, you know, I would argue, though, that in rec hall, you'd be kind of hard pressed to find like a bad seat, per se, mm-hmm. just because like the court, like the court literally takes up the entire space that isn't stands in that place because it's like so small, like you'll love it. Yeah, I'm I'm real. I am really looking forward to it. I, I saw a wrestling match there last year and uh, that was a good time. And yeah, wrestling's a little more quiet um, just because, you know, you want the players to like hear the referee and stuff, but um, yeah, it was a good time. And I actually like it too, because it's a lot closer to my house. Uh, it's only like two oh, miles yeah. from my house. Whereas like the BJC is like probably, it's probably 
like three and a half, four miles, something like that. So like, it's only like half the distance. I'm like, Oh, I could just walk to rec hall like pretty quickly. So it's only two miles. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a positive too. So, yep. Yeah. Might, uh, ride the bike or walk over. So it'll be a good time. <laughs> what else you got? Uh, yeah. So last weekend we, we kind of forgot to do the, the round table. We went a little long on our episode, so we wanted to wrap things up, but, uh, yeah, last weekend was not a good weekend to be a Buckeye fan. You had a uh, women's field hockey, uh, winning two to one. You had uh, women's volleyball beating the Buckeyes in five sets to keep their undefeated streak going. And then you had women's soccer get a 2-1 victory over the Buckeyes. So a little foreshadowing to our matchup with the, uh, you know, heading into Columbus for football. Interesting. So yeah. what, are your, what are your early thoughts? Are you, you feeling good about this one? Are you nervous? Like what's, what vibe are you giving off? Nervous. Um, but not nervous in the sense that like, you know, like I'm hoping that we'll be able to like rise to the occasion. Like I have felt in previous years, I'm more nervous because I believe that this team has the, like the tools and the potential to win this game. But there are those like couple of moments in every football game that you know, happens between two highly ranked, two very strong teams that ultimately decide the matchup, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm just, you know, really nervous, but also hopeful that, you know, the coin falls in favor of us enough times to, you know, I don't want to say allow Penn State to win, but like help them achieve that goal. So it's, it's more so just like, I know what's possible here and what's at stake. So I'm more nervous from that respect, but still very much like, you know, like this isn't Dave, David versus Goliath mm-hmm. anymore. Like it's been in years past, like Penn state belongs. So that's kind of my, my sum, my summarization. Yeah. I would say that I'm probably like 80% like quietly confident. Like, I just think we're going to go in there and I think we're going to be the better team. I think our defense is really impressive. And, you know, if our offense continues to play, uh, you know, pretty much turnover free football, you know, they were, they had their first turnover of the season halfway through the season. That's a, that's a pretty good margin there. So, you know, if they can do those things, the defense, you know, balls out like they have been, and you have the, the offense not turning the football over and running the ball, running clock, um, keeping Marvin Harrison jr. Off the field, you know, their biggest threat, like, I feel pretty good, but also there's that 20% of me, uh, that says, Hey, we haven't proven that we can be good on the road yet. This season, we have not proven that we can get off to a fast start. Uh, we have not proven that we can, you know, be ready for big noon kickoff. (laughs) So those things are definitely, uh, concerning for me. And then also in, in the fact that, like you said, this game is going to come down to a handful of plays. It's going to come down to like five plays and you're going to say, Hey, they won the game on this play or they lost the game on this play right here. So I am kind of nervous about things not going our way just because in the past it, it doesn't seem to work out. Like you look at the last time we beat them, we had the block six. That was something, a critical play in the game that was unexpected. Um, but what's it going to be this year? We, we don't know. Maybe it's a block punt. Maybe it's a kickoff return for a touchdown that goes our way or their way. Like you just, you just don't know. So um, I'd say I'm 80% quietly confident, 20% nervous about uh, things just for the the reasons I stated. Yep. Very good. All right. uh, Moving on to some other sports, Uh, women's hockey, a little bit of a rough, rough start. They lost a couple games to ranked Colgate Uh, women's volleyball beat the Indiana Hoosiers three to two. Um, women, men's and women's swimming, both had nice wins over Navy. So we're, I think they lost to them last year, actually. So nice improvements from the, uh, the swimming program, uh, men's soccer had a tough loss versus Indiana. They lost two to one, uh, moving on to men's hockey. They're off to a good start. They started their season three, no, with wins over long Island university, uh, Clarkson and St. Lawrence. Then we had. 
Uh, field hockey have a dominant win over Michigan State, four to nothing. Uh, men's swimming also beat West Virginia this weekend, so that was a, a positive. Uh, men's soccer also had a nice win at home. That was their uh, wear pink game. They beat Northwestern two to one, uh, which Northwestern was ranked number thirteen in the country. So another ranked win for the men's soccer team. It was nice to see them bounce back after that loss to Indiana. Uh, men's hockey wins of uh, three to two, four to two. And then four to one uh, women's volleyball had a sweep of the Hawkeyes. So they're continuing to stay undefeated in uh, the big 10 in terms of volleyball. So that in that conference, really big deal. Uh, women's swimming also beat uh, West Virginia. So it's a good year to beat the Mountaineers. Uh, women's swimming won 179 to 121. And then uh, women's hockey felt Goldgate five to, or uh, this might be Cornell. Actually, I think it was Cornell. Uh, five to two. And then, you know, you had the football team take, taking care of business. And uh, just as I said, we had an undefeated streak. We lost to number two, uh, uh, Nebraska in women's volleyball uh, yesterday. Yep. So yeah. tough losses there. Uh, and also had a tough loss with field hockey, uh, lost two to one at Michigan. That was a highly anticipated matchup. Um, and then women's soccer, they had a two, two tie at Northwestern. So a lot of away games for the Lions this weekend, but uh, for the most part, good results. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah. The loss to Nebraska, that was tough, man. A couple of close moments in set one and two, just, uh, just those, those extra couple of uh, points, dude. Yep. That'll do it. But uh, Hey, it's all right. Uh, You know, they'll bounce back uh, just like we would expect them to Uh, heading on this week. Uh, Men's soccer is going to be away at Rutgers at 6 p.m. on Tuesday. Then women's soccer will be playing on Thursday. They'll be at home 7 p.m. versus the Indiana Hoosiers. Friday, field hockey is going to be home 5 o'clock game against Northwestern. Men's and women's swimming will be at Notre Dame, so they'll have a, a smaller meet there. Friday, men's hockey has their home debut against AIC. Uh, women's volleyball is also also going to be home Friday night versus Iowa. And then on Sunday, uh, men's and women's swimming will be taking on Pitt. So nice little uh, interstate rivalry on Saturday. And then women's lacrosse has a scrimmage versus Duke. So that'll be good. Duke's a big lacrosse school. Men's hockey will be at 5 p.m. Same day as Ohio State uh, Saturday, so they'll be playing at 5 p.m. And last but not least, we got some action happening on Sunday. Women's field hockey will be home against Iowa at a noon kickoff, and the women's soccer team will be playing at home around the same time, 1 p.m. for their game. And then women's volleyball also at 1 p.m. So, uh, yeah, and, man, another one. Men's soccer is going to be home on Sunday, 4 p.m. So if you are in the Valley this weekend, a lot of good games to catch. Make sure you don't miss out. Yeah, for sure. Jam-packed schedule. Yeah. Any of those excite you? Hockey Valley, man. Hockey is always, always a blast. I mean, all Penn State sports are great. And, uh, you know, they're, they're all like so unique and special in their own ways. There, there's just something about the energy in uh, Bagula Ice Arena, like when the whole crowd is rocking and Penn state is vibing. They got the momentum on their side and it just seems like, you know, they can do no wrong. Like there's nothing like that. Yeah. I'm really excited too. uh, you know, especially like soccer field hockey, you know, women's volleyball, all those squads are ranked and you know, they're doing really well. So I hope they keep up the great work. Uh, ice hockey. I'm really excited. I'm hoping I can get to a few games this year. Um, they're ranked number 18 in the country right now off to a three, no start with all those games on the road. So I'm hoping they, uh, continue their excellence on the ice in uh Pagola on Friday. Yep. Amen. Uh, any final thoughts before we, uh, you know, call it an episode. No, man, we got our Ohio state preview pod coming up this week. That one's always a fun one because it kind of always seems to be like, the one where we kind of lock in yes. as, uh, as podcasters a little bit too, because all the ones leading up to it, it's like, we're trying to like find, you know, all these like small details and stuff and try to like, really like, you know, 
hyper analyze like the different facets of the team. But like for this one, it's just like, all right, man, it's going to be a war. Like, you know, man on man, who wants it more like sort of thing. And so it's always, it always has like a different energy to it. So it'll be, it'll be a fun time. Yeah. This is, uh, you know, biggest rivalry we have. I look forward to it every year. I'm glad we have it on the schedule the next two years, I believe with the, yep. the big 10. However, I'm saying that schedule will change because they're going to add Oregon state and Washington state. That's so right. Stay tuned. Maybe we won't be playing them. Maybe that will change. But for now, uh, yeah, they're on the schedule. Um, kind of some some news I'll, I'm going to drop on you. I don't know if you saw this or not. Uh, did you hear about Canyon being like yes. over $15,000 <laughs> behind on rent? Yeah, I did. Like, how are they still there? That's a great question, man. I don't <laughs> know. But, um, you know, all, all I'll say is I'm not overly surprised. <laughs> that, that's all I'll say on that. Well, with how many, you know, Penn Staters go out there at like 2 a.m., you think they would be making a, a ton of money. I don't know, man. Yeah, I guess, uh, I guess, you know, uh, so what? They they need to sell 15,000, you know, <laughs> dollar slices to start putting a dent in uh, in their debt. So who knows? Maybe there will be like a save Canyon pizza rally or something like that coming to yeah. State College soon. How how fast do you think Penn State students and alumni would rally to raise that money to save Canyon? How fast do you think? Hmm, that's a tough one because I mean I I look at Canyon through the lens of when I was a student, and that is almost ten years ago now at this point, mm-hmm. which is really sad to say out loud. <laughs> but I mean I remember, you know, back in like its quote unquote heyday. And we'd go there all the time, not just, you know, during our weekends out and stuff like that. We'd go there during the week, like after our club tennis practices and stuff like that. Like it was like all reliable and everybody flocked there. Like it it was like a migration. So back in that time, I think there would be a strong showing. Um, But now I don't know. You know, they're obviously like still busy, just like any college pizza place would be uh i didn't quite feel the same energy like when we went a couple of Mm -hmm. years ago uh you know just uh on that one weekend so maybe i'm wrong um you know maybe maybe college or college canyon pizza has another resurgence in store for them you know they've they've overcome the odds with things like uh like what was it like the health inspector violation they got (laughs) shut down for a little bit so you know who who knows what else they have up their sleeve yeah, who knows? But man, I, I wish I could be like fifteen thousand behind my rent and be like, "Oh yeah, it's fine. I don't have to pay that." Like, <laughs> yeah, can you imagine exactly. like a regular person doing that? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh man, but yeah. So just another like Canyon news. I feel like something with them is always happening, and you know, not always good stuff too. <laughs> not always, not always good stuff. Uh, well, it's crazy too because uh, they almost made a lot of money based off of eminent domain. So that almost might've like bailed them out actually. Huh? But, um, yeah. So then that eventually got overturned cause they were going to build a, um, build a parking garage there where that building yeah. was. Right. So yeah. So interesting that didn't happen. And now like they're all behind a rent and about, about to like potentially get kicked out anyway. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, interesting to say the least we'll uh we'll have to keep our listeners uh update date with the the state of canyon that'll be like a segment the state of canyon (laughs) there we go yeah that's something i can get behind just keeping our our thumb on the pulse of canyon pizza news yeah i will say that i do think that there's a little more competition now with doggies i do think they have the best pizza in the downtown Mm. area so yep. I, I, really, I really like them and I, I think they have a, a nice like outdoor bar scene. They usually have like music and they got like cornhole and like connect four and kind of like games to do. Like when I go, I go out, I just don't want to, I usually like to do activities. I don't not always just like, Oh, we're just going to stand here and talk. Like I, I like when there's kind of, you know, things to do. So that makes it more fun for me. And I'm sure a lot of other people feel the same way. For sure. Yeah. You're uh you're bringing up like old memories for me, just talking about like different pizza places. I just had this uh, flashback to, I believe it was 2014, um, the first year that Franklin was at Penn State. He brought over a ton of his staff from Vanderbilt. Um, some of those guys still with him today, um, but one guy that 
uh, he brought over was offensive line coach uh, Herb Hand. And so he caused quite a stir when he went to Canyon Pizza for lunch one day and tweeted about it and said basically something along the lines of like, oh, like the best pizza in town, you know, like something very innocuous and stuff like that. But people got up in arms, man, like people were like, no, you are wrong. And here's why you're wrong. And so he used that as like a rallying point then to set up basically a bar crawl but a pizza place version of it so (laughs) he he like he got this group together of people who like wanted to partake they they like made shirts and then they just like went and toured different pizza places around state college it was actually kind of funny because um i think like you know there was like a a portion of like the participation that went to charity or something like that but it you know that that was like a great like instagram day you know just seeing coach hand just out there like eating all kinds of pizza with fans so yeah man like uh the 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 student body uh has very strong strong opinions about pizza like even even the locals like you just said like you know (laughs) doggies for for various reasons but yeah no that was that was a funny day because people people were like oh god no like you're wrong (laughs) (laughs) well it's funny because like i even see some people like commenting being like oh college pizza is so much better and I think like Dave Port and I went there like a year or two later when he came up for the mission game. And he's like, oh, this place is terrible. Like two nine, like even worse than Canyon. No, oh, no. He went to college too. He went to college pizza as well. And I don't know. Oh, there was like, okay. there was some like Philly fan that like was like yelling at him that like the Celtics sucked or something like something like that. He was like antagonizing him. And he was like, oh, yeah, or I was like, oh, you're a Philly scumbag. Like <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well. People from or outside of Philly makes up, you know, like 40% of the student body at Penn State, but who's counting? Yeah. But um, anyway, you ready? To, uh, oh, uh, actually, I do think a pizza crawl would be like really cool. So maybe that's something we can organize. Yeah, let's do it. Do, yeah. do my do my own scores of like all the different places and see which one's best. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll make a day of it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, it's it's Ohio State week. It's official. So That's right. uh, make, make sure you tune in next week. If you'd like to support the pod, please tell your friends. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you enjoy the show, please leave a five-star review. So other Nittany Lion fans that you can find us. Interested in new episodes? You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or other streaming platforms to be notified. Thank you for listening. And we want to remind you that we are the Nittany Blues Podcast. We'll see you next time.